0: So, today I'm talking to Vlad and his partner Jonit. And Vlad is Vlad Shuskavich
1: Shishkavich, very good.
0: Shuskavich, who is to those of you who listen to Lyric FM on a Sunday morning, to the beautiful programme Vox Nostra, you will know Vlad's work uh, from there and his name also. Um, very welcome, both of you. Uh, thank you for talking to me today because we're continuing to look at the various festivals and festivals of light that take place in winter, and you're both members of the Jewish faith community, and I wanted to talk to you today about the Feast of Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah, and why is it celebrated?
1: Well, thanks very much, Patricia Ann. It's lovely to to have some time with you, and thanks for welcoming us to the program. I suppose the best place to start with Hanukkah is what the word itself means, which is consecration, or you could say reconsecration. Uh Mm -hmm. So it's reconsecration uh, in the sense of a place that was reconsecrated, I suppose physically speaking, and that would have been the temple in Jerusalem where the uh, ancient Jews uh, would have worshipped millennia and centuries ago. Um, But there... There's also the the sense that you're talking about uh, reconsecration. Of course, it goes into symbolic terms. So, you know, people are reconsecrating what's special to them in their lives. But, strictly speaking, Hanukkah comes from that word uh, reconsecration or consecration. And I suppose it would help to put it into context of history a little bit.
0: Yes, please. Hmm.
1: So... In the story of Hanukkah, we go back to the time just after Alexander the Great. So, after Alexander the Great, what you're dealing with are Greek factions, and there were two factions, one that was centered around what's modern-day Egypt, hence Alexandria, the capital city named after Alexander the Great, and the other one, which was the Syria, uh, the Syriac Greeks in what would be modern-day Syria, the area. Now, Hanukkah's been attributed, sometimes you'll look it up and it'll say it was about uh, the Hebrews fighting the Assyrians in there, but actually what was uh, happening there was not Assyrians of any kind. It was a problem, uh, at least it was for the people who lived then, of Hellenization or Greek assimilation, and you had two warring Greek factions, one loyal, like I said, to the Egyptian Alexandria side, the other one the Syrian side had nothing to do with Assyrians, and then you had the native Jewish population that was in that area uh, that would have been around Jerusalem and what's in modern day Israel and Palestine. So that area there had the um, these two warring factions, and some of the Jews of the time were drawn by the Hellenistic pull, what might be called the secularization, and then others were drawn more to the origins of their uh, faith or uh, orthodoxy you could even put it. Now Hanukkah itself is not a festival that's particularly um, it's not very warm and fuzzy actually because unfortunately (laughs) it has to do with military battles and victories it's really the story of an underdog army uh, fighting against a, a, a bigger foe and so you can also draw a lot of symbolism out of that for modern day events but Back in the day, it may have been a number of things. It may have been the fight of secular versus uh, more orthodox, uh, the smaller orthodox band winning against the secular Hellenistic one.
0: Sort of David and Goliath story? David and Goliath,
1: but where David is kind of a bit more straight-laced and Goliath is uh, the more modern secular, uh, but seen as the foe. But anyway, uh, going going back to the story itself... Then you've got um, the other uh, possibility that it was the two warring factions fighting against each other. And Antiochus would have been the evil king at the time uh, associated with the Syrian-Greek faction. Again, nothing to do with modern-day Syria except location. Greek versus Greek, the two types. Anyway, so that's the history context uh, behind it. But you were asking about light.
0: Yes, I understand that it's known as the Festival of Lights, as well as having its traditional name of Hanukkah, and I wondered why that was. Oh, you're not,
2: yes, you tell me. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> well, so the story goes. When the temple was being rededicated, they took out all of the things that had been put in there that didn't belong to the traditions of Judaism, And in the rededication, they were clearing it out, and making it a a sacred space again. And um, in in all synagogues, you'll have the eternal light. (laughs) And they only had enough oil for the oil lamp to last a day. And lo and behold, it lasted for eight days. Ah. So there was a miracle. <laughs> or perhaps they had more time to press the oil <laughs> for eight days. And so when we light the menorah, we we start with one candle. And the second night, we light two candles and so on. Until on the final eighth night, we have eight nights. So we go from darkness into light.
0: Wonderful. And the... Um... The duration of the festival, then, is an eight-day period, is that right?
2: That's right. Okay.
0: And are there particular traditions other than the lighting of the menorah associated with the Feast of Hanukkah?
1: Well, I was going to mention, um, since we mentioned the word menorah, and connect that to what is typical about Hanukkah. Just to say, menorah is an interesting concept in and of itself. It was the seven-branched lamp that was used in the temple, for which they needed that oil, as Yunit said. And so it's actually the type of menorah that's used during the Festival of Lights during Hanukkah is called a Hanukkiah, because it's specific. The one in the temple had seven arms, and you actually see seven-branched, Candelabras in lots of windows around Christmas time, course, yeah. and you see them in churches in in some cases, and in many synagogues as well. It's a typical symbol um, in many many ways. But the um, the one that you see for Hanukkah has nine total, four on each side, and one higher one in the middle. We could talk about that later. But the oil that Yunit was referring to, was for those lamps, and you can either have candles, or you can have oil lamps, modern day oil lamps, if you'd like. But that oil then becomes the vehicle for the traditional food, which is part of the celebration. I mean, uh, what great celebration doesn't revolve around food? I mean, come on, (laughs) (laughs) right? So what do you do with oil? You fry things. And so fried foods are always a part of it. And um, depending on where you're from in the Jewish world, and there are many Jewish nationalities and ethnicities, you might have different types of fried food, but that's the commonality. Things are fried. So you'll have, um, depends where you come from. Um,
2: well, we eat a lot of potato pancakes, also known as latkes, yes. fried in oil. And we used to call them platsky, platsky. from the
1: Ukrainian-Polish side.
2: And we eat a lot of jelly donuts, also known mm. as sufganiyot. So if you go to Israel, on most of the streets, <laughs> there's no shortage of jelly donuts and potato latkes.
1: And then in other traditions, like I've got the Ukrainian side on one half and then the Spanish side on the other one, the Spanish one would be filled with churros uh, Mm -hmm. and another puffy uh, pastry, fried pastry called buñuelos. Uh, kind of uh, sounds like like a cinematographer, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't think there's a connection. Um, and all of these things are also part of part of that fried food tradition. You'll get uh, something from the northern African tradition. Um, there's sfinge, which one of our community members, uh, who's uh, of Moroccan descent, makes deliciously uh, for Hanukkah. Sfinge, um all sorts of go- gorgeous things that there's other stuff, you know, further down the Silk Road and and other parts of North Africa and the Middle East, Iraqi Jews have incredible things uh, for the festival. Yeah.
2: And in addition to the foods, we also play a game of dreidel, uh, which is just a, a spinning top that has four sides. And on each side of the dreidel, there's a letter in Hebrew. And if you're outside of Israel in the diaspora, it has the four letters that stand for the words nes gadol sham which means a great miracle happened there and if you're inside of israel on the dreidel it says nes gadol haya po which means a great miracle happened here so we spin the dreidel and we often play with um, chocolate covered coins and we have a great time
1: And those chocolate-covered coins have an interesting connection, too, um, that those coins are reminders of one of the first things that was uh, a kind of a kindness of the festival was that children would receive gifts in the form of coins. So it was a day to get pocket money. Um, You know, as one of those nice things. I mean, it's pretty connected, I think, to a lot of festivals and a lot of uh, religions and traditions. Um, But the idea of giving gifts per se, that's a little bit more modern and commercialized. People get gifts often throughout the eight nights of Hanukkah, and it's become kind of a competition with Christmas because it often happens so close to Christmas. Not always. And that's another interesting thing. The Hebrew calendar is a lunar calendar. So sometimes you might have Hanukkah at the end of November. Sometimes you'll have it starting around now and ending by New Year's. This year, we're going to be now here on Saturday morning. It is uh, a, what is it, now the seventh night. Yeah, it ends on Christmas night, is the f- beginning of the last day. So we'll have the full candelabra when everybody else is having their Christmas dinners. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's it will be a very Festival of Light kind of year, I think, for both those who celebrate Christmas and those who celebrate Hanukkah.
0: Well, in fact, you've answered one of my questions, which was, why do the dates move around? But that's evidently why it's the lunar calendar. calendar. It's really interesting as well.
1: It's a bit different from the uh, Muslim calendar, which doesn't have a leap month. Hebrew calendar has a leap month that makes it move, but never shift out of the seasons. Whereas the uh, uh, hijra year for Muslims shifts all around the year so uh, of the seasonal year so you'll have Ramadan in December one year and then in July a few years later it's a very interesting thing so I feel sometimes bad for our 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 uh, Muslim friends who have to fast an entire long summer day oh, and yes. only yeah
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah well it's it's absolutely um, revelatory for me to hear you talk about the feast of Hanukkah because as I say, I knew of it, but I really knew nothing at all about it before. So I want to thank you very much for giving your time today and for explaining it so clearly.
2: Well, thank you, you for having us. Yes, thanks so much.
0: You're most welcome. And how wonderful to find a faith community in East Clare that I wasn't aware of before, too. That's very interesting, too.
2: We've I'm worked sure. very hard to find each other. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're very blessed to live where we do. Yeah, and
0: well, I'm sure we'll talk on other occasions about other uh, matters to do with your faith. And thank you very much again for joining us. Thank, thank you. you.
2: Happy holidays. Happy ah, holiday to you. Uh, to you too.